Are there any questions? Yeah. It's actually continued from the last last lectures. Last time we talked about the leap of the face. So we are still wondering, is it only possible in those higher devotional states when the heart is clean, or it also can happen to the neophyte, neophyte devotees? <clears throat> Srila Guru Maharaj, he compiled the book Prapanajivanamritam. And therein, Prapana means surrender. And as Krishna, Arjun says to Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, Sishas Teham Sadimam Twam Prapanam. There's surrender in the beginning. Right. When Guru Maharaj says to Gurudev, are you prepared to listen to me and not your own mind? That's a leap of faith. It's there in the beginning. It's there in the middle. It's there in the end. It's, it's something that is continuous. So Srila Guru Maharaj made the Prapanajivanamritam to collect so many slokas from the devotees, some from the Lord himself, on this subject. So he said, it's prapana jivana amritam. This is life-giving nectar for the surrendered souls. So, in hearing the expressions of these great devotees, some thing of what they say, what they've ex- their heart's expression, will resonate in the heart of the aspiring servitor. That's why so many examples are given there. To to show a path. It's mentioned also that Mahajano Yenakata Sapanta, the path of the Mahajans, they're like lighthouses helping us cross the ocean of nations. And another place it's mentioned, whatever path they take, uh, or like the concept of a trailblazer, right? a pathfinder. They're, they're, the way they've shown individually how they crossed over the ocean of nations, that becomes a path. And after having so many having done that, they're showing in so many different ways, how we might proceed. So, um, degree and depth is also to be considered. Um, When we talk about, when Guru Maharaj will speak of the Vaikuntha world, he'll say, it's the southern hemisphere of the spiritual world. And qualified by a degree of calculation. There is surrender involved, but he said to a to a certain degree there is some calculation there. Southern hemisphere of the spiritual world. And the upper section is the Aprakrita Leela of Krishna, Goloka Vrindavan, Jnana Shunya Bhakti, 
where there's no calculation. So, in the songs of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, I think it's, it may be being sung now in the Shikshastakam about drinking the poisonous waters of the Jamuna. Are you singing that song? Yeah. Why does he give that? That shows the cowherd boys, the Gyanashunya Bhaktas, they're at Kaliaharad. They understand this lake is poisonous. And if they drink the water, it's likely to uh, finish their lives. But they're thinking, oh, Krishna is here. You know, cheers. Right? So they're taking that risk. That's a leap of faith. But for whom? Well, there are these exalted Parshada Bhaktas, associates of the Lord, but that's their nature. Why is Bhaktivinoda Thakur giving that in the song? The song is there for those in the lower section. We mentioned about Naratam Thakur the other day. So many songs he has are uh, for the Siddha plane, the perfectional stage. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, his songs, song catalog, for the most part are for uh, those in the non-liberated position, how they can make progress. He also has the Siddha section. Just as you told, that last song of Shikshastakam, you're not singing. That's from the perfectional stage. But the ones before that, they'll be helpful. And those are the ones that are encouraging this leap of faith. Right? As Kaviraj Goswami describes this, Shraddha, Shabde, Vishwasukohe, Sudridha Nishchoy, Krishna Bhakti, Koile Sarva Karma Kritahoy. Belief in that one thing that everything will be achieved. By taking shelter of the lotus feet of Krishna, the lotus feet of Guru and Goranga, no other shelter has to be sought. Gopritve Baran. And the Sadanga, the six limbs of Sharanagati mentioned. So, um, but, oh, the reason I mentioned Vaikuntha Viloka, can understand there's a gradation. What qualifies one part of the spiritual world to be considered higher, deeper than another part is degree of dedication. Uh, when tomorrow will be the Bahulastami and the day Srila Gurudev took sannyas from Srila Guru Maharaj, also the appearance of Radha Kunda. So in describing Radha Kunda, we can say at the Upadeshamritam is, as Guru Maharaj said, it is written by Rupa Goswami, but really it is Mahaprabhu using Rupa Goswami as a mouthpiece. It concludes by saying that one should uh, bathe in the waters of Radha Kunda. 
how fortunate those souls are who get that opportunity. So Srila Guru Maharaj's quotes, Srila Saraswati Thakur saying that the waters of Radha Kunda, they're not, uh, it's not ordinary water. Like people think, oh, then let's get on a plane. We'll fly to India. We're going to go to New Delhi. We're going to go to Radha Kunda and then bathe in that water. Guru Maharaj says, it is, and I only say this because he's, has said it. He said, we may consider it Srimati Radharani in liquid form. Anaya Radito, what is she known for? Atmani uh, Vedanam to the extreme, total self giving, to the highest, the deepest degree. So, Saraswati Tagore says, when you're being given the advice to bathe in the waters of Radha Kunda, means to bathe in the waters of that type of self-sacrifice to the highest, to the most extreme degree. That's what you're being encouraged to do. Not to just literally take some water and pour it over your head as the Gromar's expressed his opinion about the Prakrita Sahaja saying they're plodding in the mud of misconception, thinking they are swimming in the divine waters of Radha Kunda. One of the meanings of anartha nivritti, artha, when it's taken as meaning or conception, proper conception, anartha, becoming free from anartha, means becoming freed from misconception. If the material world is the world of misconception, then the spiritual world is the world of proper conception. And as I mentioned, and qualified, uh, its depth or level of achievement is qualified by um, the amount of self-giving, how much one has been, the the leap of faith that you mentioned in the beginning. As we told the other day, Gurumar's quotes, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu of Rupa Goswami, uh, referring to what are called Kam Rup Bhaktas, and Guru Maharaj calls the Suicide Squad. So he mentioned the song of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, drinking the poisonous waters of the Jamuna, or the Aghasura pastime, when they see the form of Aghasura. Uh, some think it's some sort of an amusement, like an amusement park, where they have rides and interesting things. But others are thinking, is this not a giant serpent with his lower part of his mouth blended into the road, the higher part of his mouth into the clouds, and smell the bad breath from all the dead bodies rotting in his stomach, and he's, and he's waiting to devour us all. They're having a discussion. We could say they're on different levels in terms of their um, uh, degree of surrender. But they have some discussion. But what's the conclusion? Is that they're all happily singing, dancing into the mouth of Aghasura. And what happens in this particular pastime is that they all die 
Krishna enters and brings them back to life. So it's not just a cliffhanger, they're on the verge of dying and they're saved by Krishna. They actually all die and then, you know, die to live. They're all brought back to life. What's another leap of faith? That die to live. Guru Maharaj will say that the significance of the fire sacrifice, the yagya, we're offering different ingredients into the fire. Really, said, what, what is wanted is that we shall offer ourselves into the fire of self-sacrifice. Come out with a new life. So if you follow this, then from the new life, the new position, you can be prepared for another leap of faith. Ad infinitum. So we're looking for a dynamic position. We're not looking for something that uh, static achievement. <clears throat> Krishna, uh, there are the demands of Krishna conception demand deeper and deeper levels of self-giving and surrender. So we'll take it that that. Uh, leap of faith is to increase the depths of one's surrender and dependence upon Krishna's shelter and protection. <clears throat> You've heard the saying, Rake Krishna Mare Ke Mare Krishna Rake Ke. If Krishna wants to kill you, no one can protect you. If Krishna wants to protect you, no one can kill you. Once there was a devotee fearing for their safety, they armed themselves with some weapons. And when this came to Guru Maharaj's attention, he said, I advised that you take your... if." quoting this, Rake Krishna Marike, if Krishna wants to kill you, if Krishna wants to kill me, then give them the weapon by which they can do that. You can offer it to that man. If it is the will of Krishna, then I want to, uh, what, um, what's the word? Facilitate that. And he said, and if it's not the will of Krishna, then if I give you the weapon by which you could kill me, it's not going to happen. So we can say, well, you know, that's the angle of vision of a, <laughs> a Mahabhagavata. Our faith is very small. So then we pick up the Amritam. It was the perhaps Paramananda Prabhu, disciple of Saraswati Thakur, later... As a Maharaj said, I read this book every day of my life. So we'll see there how the devotees are uh, expressing their sincerity and their hopes uh, to achieve the mercy of Krishna the shelter of Krishna. Is there any other question?
So another question is about the. Also, Shula Guru Maharaj said that every wave is favorable. So can you? Every see? wave is favorable. Yeah. It's a level of interpretation. Well, Guru Maharaj liked to quote one German scholar, he said, whose impression and opinion of Bhagavad Gita was that, he said, here in this book, we find essentially what is the message? Not to quarrel with the environment. To adjust yourself internally. So he said, that's the general message of Bhagavad Gita. Don't quarrel with the environment. Adjust yourself internally. Because what is the environment? Individual karma, collective karma. We cannot uh, uh, possibly uh, control this situation. There's the aphorism that not a blade of grass moves without the will of God. So, whatever it is, ultimately, there's some divine sanction in the background. So, on a comparative level, Guru Maharaj saying, that's the message of Gita, don't quarrel with the environment and just yourself. He said, but the Bhagavatam takes it to a deeper level. In the famous sloka, what does it say? Tattenu kampam susamikshamano bunjana evatma kritam vipakam. That, or atapite deva padambuja dvaya prasada. First one. Saying that really, not only not to quarrel with it, but if you look on a deeper angle of vision, you will see the friendly hand of Krishna in the background. If not a blade of grass moves without the will of God, then why is this happening? This is once Gurudev was getting some like threatening phone calls from some puggle person, crazy person, and uh, saying some terrible things to him over the phone, some offensive things. So I said to him, uh, knowing what it was, I said, I can take the next call. You don't have to deal with this. Just the next time the phone rings, I can handle it. And Gurudev said, oh, thank you, Maharaj, I appreciate it. He said, but why is Krishna allowing these things to come to my ear? I was surprised. So what, from one point of view, was just clearly offensive. He was saying, well, still, Krishna is allowing this to come to my ear. So... Is there some way I can interpret this that's beneficial for me? I can convert it into something to make spiritual progress, like the jujitsu idea, to take what is, is some negative thing that's thrown at you and to deal with it in such a way as that there's a positive outcome. So we see the prayers of Kunti, Vipadak, Shantuta, Shashvat. Tatra Tatra Jagad Guru, Bhavato Darshanam Yatsad, Apunar Bhava Darshanam, where she's analyzing what's apparently favorable or unfavorable and saying that when 
adver- I, when I'm thrown into adverse circumstances, not only to not quarrel with it, but actually the end result is it pushes me toward Krishna. It pushes me, that leap of faith, to take shelter. That's my response to adverse circumstances. So maybe they're not so bad after all. In fact, maybe it's good. And, and she goes so far as to desire such things. She's saying, because apunar bhavadarshanam yatsad apunar bhavadarshanam. Because by remembering you, then all inauspiciousness fades away. Whereas in forgetfulness with you, I'm overwhelmed by inauspicious things. So adversity brings about a more intense um, quality of remembrance. So Srila Gromars is saying, in the Bhagavatam, and it's from the Brahmastuti, Brahma, why, what, what was his difficulty? Muhyanti Yatsuraya, we're told in the beginning of the Bhagavatam, even the devas are bewildered and properly conceiving uh, the Aprakrita Leela of Krishna. So this month we will hear about Indra, right? the Indra Mohan, but we have the Brahmavimohan Leela. So it's in the prayers of Brahma. He's giving his own interpretation that, that the wave of the Brahmavimohan Leela ultimately became something very favorable because it brought Brahma to his knees to surrender to Krishna and to properly appreciate Krishna's divinity and the devotees of Krishna. It says, Ahang hi sarva yajnanam bhokta cha prabhurevata. Krishna is the beneficiary of all yajna and he's called yajna book. He only eats the remnants of sacrifice. What did Brahma see? Who's supposed to be Yagya Bhuk, who only eats the remnants of Yagya? He's sitting on the banks of the Jamuna with his cowherd boyfriends having a picnic. So he misread, on a superficial level, he misread Krishna's divinity. But in the end, he could appreciate that. And then thinking, how exalted are these souls who are at the picnic with Krishna, these cowherd boys and his paraphernalia, the calves, etc. So he concludes by saying, Tadburi bhagyam ihajanma kimapyatavyam yad gokulepi katamangri bhajobi shekam. It's similar to Uddhava's prayer but not as specific. Here, Brahma says, then my aspiration, let it be that I could become a blade of grass uh, in the soil of Vrindavan and get some of the dust from the lotus feet of the bridge bhasis on my head. That'll be my aspiration. So, that the bewilderment of Brahma becomes the most favorable wave. Right? He is later inundated in a wave of uh, devotion 
and an ecstatic position. So Gurumars is advising that even though at the time what comes to us may uh, be very uh, distressful, appear completely unfavorable um, and undesirable, that if we will look at it on a deeper level, as what it says, tatenu kampam susamiksha. Samiksha means to examine. Susamiksha means to scrutinize, to look on a really fine level. So we'll see, from a superficial point of view, this is undesirable. But from a deeper level, is Krishna uh, being merciful to me? If I can read this on a deeper level, is he taking me uh, in the right direction? On a very high level, in terms of the higher devotees, told Gorkashordas Babaji Maharaj, not unlike Sukadeva Goswami. Sukadeva Goswami is being uh, uh, ridiculed by children. They think he's mad, that he's a madman. Right? A 16-year-old boy walking around naked. So they're calling him names, maybe throwing things at him. They don't under... Later, the sages with Parikit Maharaj, they can see, because they're expert in the art of physiognomy, just by looking at his form, that he's an exalted, liberated soul. But these children are un unable to see that. So we're told also, Gorka Shordas Babaji Maharaj, what is Gorma's right in the, the pranam? Bhaktavaduta Murtaye. Like an avadut, there, there are children thinking he's some kind of a madman, and they're throwing things at him, calling him names. Imagine, Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj. And what does Guru Maharaj say, his response? He's saying, oh, Krishna, I know it is you who's behind this. The agents are these children, but actually you're behind all this, this name calling and the throwing. That's his way of seeing it. But he takes it a step further by saying, and I know how to deal with you. I will report you to Mother Yasoda and then you'll get, you know, a, a spanking. <laughs> so we, we like to have some fantasy and think that Gorka Shordas, Babaji Maharaj, or these great devotees, they never experience any kind of opposition in their lives. If, if, when, where is that place in Govardhan where Sanatan Goswami? Stays in all, what was there? Mosquitoes, right? The Shiva place, I forget its name, right? We're thinking, they didn't have to deal with these things? No, they do, all, all of this. But um, their level of interpretation is different. So Babaji Maharaj, someone else, Guru Maharaj told once that for a while, Bhakti Hridoy Ban Maharaj, he took Babaji. And you should not complain about anything. And he said, but 
he would end up getting in fights with like rickshaw wallows. <laughs> and he just couldn't tolerate it. So he left it after some time and just went back to his <laughs> sannyas position. But he said like, he just couldn't do the Babaji thing. <laughs> Which here we mean this, this, this necessarily, this deep level of interpretation that one's completely at the mercy of Krishna. Right? So not to complain, every wave is favorable. Right. Anything else? Also a practical question mm-hmm. about, like, we have in every temple there is a manager position, and this position requires a lot of responsibility. But also at the same time, when we are doing this seva, there might sometimes you feel guilty because you cannot do it well or things mm-hmm. like that. So how to balance this kind of mood? It's a good question. Everyone can understand if you are put in a managerial position, there's some seva that needs to be done. We operate on the principle of do the needful. So you can think, this is what needs to be done. Here are the available servitors. Let's uh, enlist them in that seva. That's easily understandable. But Guru Maharaj told something uh, that's a little, another perspective, some greater depth to see. And, and this is good advice for those in managerial positions to simultaneously understand that just as we say the guru is the servant of the disciples in the sense of making them fit for spiritual service, purifying them through instructions and service engagement. So the manager, he said, should think, this devotee who's been put under my care, what is the desired service of them? from their guru. What really is the service they should be doing? How can I assist them in achieving that service? So, as I said, the first is easy to understand. Different seva needs to be done, available pool of servitors. But with this added um, perspective of thinking, this devotee, they're a sincere servitor, of Guru and Goranga, how can I assist them in realizing their full service potential? Guru Maharaj mentions with regard to the um, Antyalila, the conclusion of the Antyalila, uh, where there are some statements in terms of the last verse of the Shikshastakam, and being attributed to Srimati Radharani. And there's some expression of her mood of divine service. And uh, Guru Maharaj paraphrases it by saying that she's interested in promoting others in the service of Krishna. And only if she sees that there's some seva that cannot be done by them, does she come forward to do that? 
And in those prayers, in that section, if we read, because every day you're singing these songs, it's also nice in a parallel form to read what's given there. He said, if it pleases Krishna to... Uh, Krishna desires another gopi, then I will fall at the feet of that gopi and bring her to Krishna. Right? Even if it makes me brokenhearted on one level, it's for the happiness of Krishna, then that is my happiness. So, this reminds me of when, well, we know Srila Gurudev is according to Srila Swami Maharaj Prabhupada, been described as a transcendental humorist. So, sometimes in his humor, actually, there's some profound spiritual instruction or concept uh, encouched in, in whatever it is he's describing. So, we know that When he came to Guru Maharaj, because of his father's uh, background, being a guru and singer, and Gurudev knew so many songs. But Guru Maharaj told, put those on the shelf for now, and he ticked off 30 songs of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, learn these. And Gurudev learned them within a week. Right? I wish we had that list. Does he? All right. Make a note to get that. Anyway, so, but still, those songs are there within him from his childhood, what he heard from his father and others. And sometimes Guru Maharaj liked to he'd call him and have him sing one of them. Because he told him, for now, you forget all of that and concentrate on this. But some, in the later years, sometimes he'd ask to hear that. And sometimes, Srila Gurudev, we were talking about this earlier, these sort of things are going on inside him internally. He's not advertising or trying to impress anyone or make a show, but this sort of internal thinking is within him. We're talking about deep vision and the angle of vision of the Mahabhagavata. It's not forced. It's not read out of a manual. Mahabhagavata will think like this under these circumstances. We can say that by analysis, and we're saying Guru Maharaj is drawing our attention to certain things, but still, this is the way they are naturally. So Guru Maharaj described Guru Dev as a natural Paramahansa. So, anyway, in his final days, he had to be careful about what he ate and uh, what not to eat. And, you know, the cooks, they like to make so many things. So sometimes they're making things uh, that he can't take. And so we're privileged to take prasadam with Srila Gurudev. They're like stealthily, in a sneaky way, like bringing those in and tossing them on our plate and 
hoping he won't see that or because they can't give it to him. That's why. And we know how much he loves prasadam. And we know also when he takes prasadam, he would not speak. He doesn't talk during that time. But this one particular day, he starts singing some song in a little exaggerated way too, the, like the depth of feeling anymore. And it seemed to me like an opening to ask. I wouldn't normally want to uh, disturb him, but I just said, no. Maharaj, what is that song you're singing? And he went, oh, Maharaj. And and he said, uh, Radha Rani is very upset with Krishna. And he said, you know, why? (laughs) He said, oh, because Krishna is going to the house of uh, another gopi. But as if that is not bad enough, he's going in front of her through her courtyard to the house of the other gopi. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. You know. And what he meant was, it's bad enough that they're in a hidden way. They're giving you these things that I can't eat. But they're like, you know, they're not hiding. They're bringing it right in front of him and then like putting it on our plate. <laughs> so, of course, that's humorous. But I thought also like, on what level does his mind operate? His internal condition that something like that brings about this deep level divine remembrance of those type of pastimes. And in a sweet way, he's also teaching us something. And it's uh, connected to the Antilila of Chaitanya Charitamritam and, as Guru was saying, dive deep in the reality. That's what... um, He's doing in a natural way. Um, what was that? I was saying that in relation to the last thing you said. Yeah. No one knows. Oh, managing. Yeah, right. Well, in other words, not that we're not uh, thinking. Uh, put it this way, Radharani is the ultimate manager in the Krishna consciousness movement. Okay? Bargo by Rishabhanu Jatma Bibhavai Karadana Sri Puram. She's, the whole spiritual world is a construct of her heart's desire to serve Krishna. We should remember that. As long as we remember that, everything will be okay. Further we get away from that, not okay. Gormars is listening to Saraswati Thakur explain something high in Puri. And he said, in the middle of his explanation, someone came about some Matseva. They interrupted Saraswati Thakur. 
And he dealt with that. But Guru Maharaj said, he was saying, why, Prabhupada was speaking so high, and then they come with this, these comparatively, relatively trivial affairs that could be on any temple, any necessity of any temple. And Guru Maharaj said, but then he came to understand, Saraswati Thakur said, Srimati Radharani's position is like major domo. Do you have that? I think it's a, a Latin. Span- yeah, all right. Same. The woman who's in charge of all of the affairs of the house. Right? So Saraswati Tower said, it's all Radhadasyam, all service of Radharani. So even if it's the least type of service, I'm very happy to get that opportunity. So don't think, here we're talking something very high, and then the, the mat necessity came at something very low. And we don't have to be apologetic about that either. Gurudev, once he understood something was the service of Guru Maharaj, he's eager for that, whatever it was. It could be fixing the sanitation at the mat, which he did many times. He's saying, this is the service to Guru Maharaj. I'm ha- and I have no, I'm not apologetic about doing it or requesting others to assist in that. But that said, we should distinguish between what is genuinely service and what is ego assertion. Right? It's an offense for us to make ego assertion and to pawn it off as seva. That is to abuse uh, the servant. The, the devotees also, what did we say? Saraswati Thakur called everyone Prabhu. Prabhu is reserved for Guru, actually. We think, oh no, there's like Maharaj, and, you know, and then like Prabhu is down here somewhere. Actually, Prabhu, it means Guru, Lord. He called his disciples Prabhu, to remember they're all extensions of my Guru Maharaj. So if you think those in your care, the manners, those under the care, really they're vaivav or extensions of my Guru, that will protect one from that ego, assertive, uh, control freak, manipulative type um, behavior. Right? Then we'll have to think again. Oh, these are all... Uh, Gurudev, I remember him saying this on his... I'd heard Prabhupada say this, talk about it, and Guru Maharaj say it, reiterate it. Prabhupada saying, a Mahabhagwata doesn't ex- guru doesn't accept anyone as a disciple. He sees them all as extensions of his guru. And on the veranda in Calcutta once, a whole, it was flooded with Gurudev's disciples, and in a very divine mood, he turned and he said, I see them all as gifts of Guru Maharaj. That's the proper angle of vision. Think, these servitors, let me not mislead them. And let me respect them as extensions 
of Sri Guru, then that'll protect us from that arrogant, assertive, aggressive ego. So all of these things we hear, these divine pastimes of our Guru Varga, they're not just some stories we say to entertain ourselves from time to time, but they're highly instructive. They'll, within them is the key to what we should do in the present when we find ourselves in different circumstances. The answers are there. Any other question? The lady in the back. This will be the last one. Once we were speaking about separation and here in this world, it turns out to be and that... And hearing what? Here in this world. Separation. Yes. Yes. In our material world, uh, it seems that we have just uh, separation and like uh, no knowledge about meeting with some supreme reality or something. But uh, how is it possible that we know about separation with something that we haven't even met? How does a baby know that their first thing is to eat if they haven't eaten before? Why are they so hungry? Right. So, Hearing about Krishna awakens the hunger. Right? The, the Viprapatnis, the wise of the Brahmins, were told they had heard, it's called Purva Rag. Purva means before. Rag is this divine loving sentiment saying, before meeting Krishna, it can be there. This is a wonderful thing, actually. It opens up wonderful possibility. So those Viprapatnis, the wives of the Yogic Brahmins, were told they heard about Krishna from fruit sellers. These ladies go around Vrindavan, they're selling fruits and they're saying, oh, did you hear what happened the other day? They tell the of Putana or Aghasura or Kaliya. They're telling about Krishna, how beautiful he is. That's awakening, uh, hankering, internal hankering. So, um, the, even in, in the Rasa Leela, when Krishna is teasing the Brajagovis and telling them to go back home, one of the things he says is that you don't really, you, you, the way you get a connection with me, they're with him. And he's saying, the way you get a connection with me is by hearing about me, chanting about me, remembering me, 
worshiping me, not by physical proximity. So go home. <laughs> and so if you go home and hear about me, then you'll really have my connection. But this physical proximity, that's not really to get my association. So he's teasing, but there's also some mystical formula there. So this is very good news for us who are separated from Krishna, that by hearing about him, chanting about him, remembering him, worshiping him, this can awaken within us the hunger for his association. As hunger makes eating relishable. So we can say it awakens an appetite. And just to connect this to Gurudev, since we were talking about food earlier, it's been pointed out many times, he could describe, we could have just had a feast, but he could start talking about prasadam in such a way as everybody would become hungry again. (laughs) So even those who were so-called full, just the way that he described these things awaken this hunger in you. So that, that, and that is what is required. Tatra muyam ekalam janmakotri janmakoti sukritar nalabhyate krishna bhakti rasa bhavitamati is loyam, some hankering. So understand, hankering, hunger, thirst. This can be awakened by hearing about Krishna from those who love Krishna, who actually have some feelings for him. It can awaken these sort of feelings within you. Then there's the necessary hunger and hankering to bring about the connection. So here, in this sense, separation precedes meeting. Purvarag. It comes before. It's a very deep thing, a very high thing, and very mystical. And within it is like the greatest news for us. Because that's, we could, if we went and say, well, Rukmini, these great queens, the Viprapatnis, they're in Krishna, you know. What about people like us? There's a message there for people like us. Saying, from this, this is the best position uh, uh, culturing separation in our present position, that is the way to proceed. It's the most sensible, reasonable, and uh, substantial. It will deliver Krishna. And, and, and it is um, most understandable to us we hear something and it awakens some interest. We hear the pastimes of Krishna. We hear about the beauty of Krishna. The young shama sundarama chintraguna swarupam. That's what he told. Repeated hearing, chanting, some impression is coming to the heart by the grace of Sadhu Shastra Guru and Vaishnav. Nama rupa guna lila from sounds the form manifests, not the inverse. From the sound, the nama, the rupa, the form of Krishna comes out of the sound of Krishna. 
the form of Krishna comes out of the sound of hearing of Krishna and the pastimes of Krishna. Then we start the guna, the qualities of Krishna. Then the leela of Krishna. So it's a very bright future prospect. They go from nama, rupa, guna, leela. So, so much emphasis is given upon hearing, shruti, srotavyascha, kirtitavyascha, smartavyascha, chetchitabhayam. Achintyaguna swarupam. We're saying, admitting the inconceivable, inconceivably beautiful form of Krishna. So you're trying to conceive that which is inconceivable. That's madness. You're crazy. Yes. Ami ekput batul tumi ditiya. I'm the first crazy, you're the second one. It may appear that way. But the power, look, we could say our friend Einstein He's trying to conceive what's inconceivable. I told his mistress, the girl told him, you know, you should get a notebook for all your ideas. He said, I don't need a notebook. I only have one idea. There's this one idea that I just can't stop thinking about it. It's somewhat inconceivable. That's what I'm interested in. This one, I, this one thing that's inconceivable. That's what I'm trying to conceive. Yasmin vigyate sarvam eva vigyatam bhavati. Try to understand that one thing upon knowing which everything is known. Yam labha chapram labham manine nadikam tataha. The samadhi sloka in the Gita. Get that one thing upon achieving everything is God. And what is that? Yam shama sundaram achintraguna svarupam. Inconceivably beautiful. That's not a hopeless thing. That, that is a, a miraculously inspiring thing. Nava Nava Rasa. Newer and newer beauty. Inconceivably beautiful. Is the name of Krishna, the form of Krishna, the qualities of Krishna, the pastimes of Krishna. That these are the statements of those who are deep, who who are in deep into the reality, reality of the beautiful. By hearing from them, it awakens this hankering within us to know more, to hear more, to serve more.